Father, I pray that you would just uh, come upon Jess as she teaches that she'd have a lot of fun and hear you in the middle of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello. 2018. Woo. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like different people approach the new year kind of based on your personality. I have a pretty strong personality. And I um, basically am like six steps ahead of the calendar. So my husband, John, who's incredible, the very handsome guy that brought up this table for me, he was making fun of me because before Christmas, I was trying to talk to him about my plan for taking down Christmas. And he was like, why are we talking about this right now? Last year, I actually took down Christmas on Christmas. I've had a lot of growth in 2018. This year, it wasn't until December 26th. (laughs) You know, progress is slow sometimes. (laughs) Got to take what you can get. So I'm just curious, by show of hands, whose personality combined with the year that you've had is kind of like, see you later, 2018. Here I come, 2019. Raise your hand if that's you. Okay, not that many. How many of you are like, oh, 2018, I just want to reflect on you. I just want to cherish you. I just want to make sure to not go too fast. I don't want to leave you too fast. Raise of hands. What are the rest of you doing? You're just kind of like, whatever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's like 20 people that raised their hands total. The students in the room, I was thinking about y'all because I was thinking for you, I don't know that the New Year's is, is that big of a deal. I feel like the end of the school year is a big deal, right? It's kind of weird. Teachers in the, I see you. I see Jenny Stowe. She's like, yes, teacher. I could care less about 2019. Where's May? (laughs) So I um, have been reflecting on the end of 2018 for a while. I did have a very hard year. It was an incredible year. I received tremendous freedom and healing from the Lord in 2018. And it was beautiful. And the restoration that the Lord started in 2018 is, is not a year I will quickly forget if ever. And, um, but even though it was really hard, it was really, really good. And, um, I was, I've been celebrating all the freedom that I've received in 2018. And in that, as I've been sitting with the Lord, um, I feel like he took me to this passage in Mark as he's been helping me get ready for 2019. And this passage in Mark, some of you may be familiar with this story. Jesus is, um, gets off a boat, and there's a huge crowd around him. And this man comes up, and, and he needs healing for his daughter. And as Jesus goes to walk towards this man's house, a crowd builds around him. And the crowd is everywhere, and it's pushing in. And Jesus is like, yes, yes, thank you. Excuse me. Hello. Hi. Yes. Nice to meet you. And he, he keeps traveling and he's, and he's noticing the people and he's looking at them because I don't think personally that Jesus ever went anywhere without seeing the people, without looking at them. But even though he was looking at the people, he, he felt power leave his body, but he didn't see what happened. See, there was a woman who for years and years and years had been bleeding. And she had gone to the doctors and she had put on all the essential oils. She'd done Whole30. 
She went to the specialist. She tried the Daniel fast. She did it all. But nothing happened. She kept being sick. She kept having to deal. And not only physical, it doesn't say this in the word, but some of you know because you have a physical illness that you've been carrying a long time. I have a dear friend that has a physical illness that she's been carrying for a long time. And it doesn't just affect you physically, does it? It starts to wear on you mentally. Because you're trying to go about your life, but you're also at the same time trying to cope with the fact that you're always in pain. And your emotions start to sometimes get a little heavy. Because you're frustrated. And that was this woman. But she heard that Jesus was in town. And she booked it. And she pushed through those crowds. And she probably, she must have been on the ground, desperate to get to Jesus. And she reached out and she knew, the Bible says she knew that if she touched his robe, it would heal her. Her faith was in Jesus. And she touched that robe and immediately, I want you to look at the verse because I don't, I don't want you to, I've been adding a little bit to this and I don't want you to think I'm adding to this part. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed for her diseases. She was healed. Her everyday life that she had been traveling, coping physically and mentally and emotionally. There were some days that she probably was like, I'm okay, I can do this. And she was, it was, it was heavy. And she heard that the power of God was in town. And she booked it there. And in that moment, her everyday, what had become her ordinary, got changed by the extraordinary Jesus. And she was healed. The Bible says she was healed in that moment. But Jesus, who had been looking at the crowd, felt something. And he stopped. And he said, who was that? And his disciples said, seriously, dude? Like, do you not see the crowds? And Jesus said, no, something left my body. And this woman who knew, I just got healed. It says she went to him and told him the whole truth. I can't wait to meet this woman in heaven because I want to ask her, what was the whole truth? And she says the whole truth. And this is what Jesus says to her. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Some say go, some versions say go and be free of your ailment. See, in that moment, we already read in the scripture before that it says immediately she was healed. Immediately she received her healing. But Jesus was looking at her and saying, now go be free. See, in 2018, my Jesus did miraculous things in my heart. Things, he did heart surgery in ways I didn't even know I needed heart surgery. I had internal bleeding in areas that I didn't know I had internal bleeding. But he exposed it in his goodness. And in 2018, I got to receive my freedom. But in 2019, he said, it's time to walk it out. And that's what I want to talk about today. Is what does it look like 
Whether 2018 was the best year of your life and you received blessing or whether it was the hardest year and you scrambled and you fought your tail off to get your freedom from Jesus and you've received blessings or you've received freedom, whatever you've received, what is it going to look like for 2019 to walk it out? To walk it out. Now, sometimes before we can know what something looks like, we need to know what, what it doesn't look like, what it doesn't do. Who in here, raise your hand, kids, if you made cookies for Santa? Anybody? Well, poor Santa. I'm glad I did. What's happening in the world? Did y'all put out Oreos? I mean, they're good, especially with milk. I made homemade M&M cookies. They are good. Guys, the recipe's on the bag. Everybody's like, tell me about these cookies. I'm like, I read the bag. I read the bag. And I followed the instructions. I walked out those instructions. And they make really good cookies. But here's the secret to making cookies. Because I make good cookies. And people ask me, like, what is the secret? Because I can make a batch of break and bake taste good. And I can make homemade M&M cookies and they taste good. And people are always saying, like, how do you do that? There's, there's one key part to a great baking of a cookie. And that is not to over bake your cookies. You could have the best recipe in the whole world from grandmother Mary, the mother of Jesus. But her cookies ain't going to taste good if you over bake them. I don't know why you wait until they're brown to take them out of the oven. Don't do that. If you can take your cookie out of the oven and pick it up and eat it, you did, you overbaked it. You've already ruined the experience. So today, I do want to talk about what it looks like to walk it out. But first, I want to talk about some of the hiccups that kind of get in our way sometimes. What are some of those key things we want to not do? And so to do that, I want to first spend some time in Matthew. So in Matthew, this is another story where Jesus was talking to some people, um, but he was a little fired up. I know that we like to think that Jesus like sings kumbaya under all his words, but he's not like, woe to you. He's like, woe to you. Let me get your attention. And this is a passage that he was pretty fired up. He was talking to a crowd and John the Baptist's disciples came and they said, John wants to know, are you really him? And he said, go back and tell him that you're seeing people healed and you're seeing blind eyes open. And so the disciples left and it says, as they left, he turned to the crowd that was around him. And he started saying to them, you're like children that say like, we played our flute, but you didn't dance. I did this great performance for you, God. Why didn't you clap? And he says, You know, John the Baptist came eating bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Eating bugs and you called him a bum. I come and I sit at a table eating dinner with people and you're making, but you're saying that I'm too much. Like what's, what's happening here? And then he says this to this group. I mean, oh, look, she is on point today. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed. So these are the towns that had seen the power of God come to earth more than anyone else. And he says, because they did not repent. They did not 
have, receive their moment and then turn around and walk it out in a new direction. They didn't do that. It says, then woe to you, Trazen. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Yeah, sorry guys, should have practiced this one. Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He goes on to say, if these miracles would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, which we know are the cities that literally just went to dust, that they would have repented. And see, this is what was happening. Can I, can I get that first arrow? Um, it should be picture one of the straight white arrow. They may not be working. There it is. This is our life. This was that woman's life. She was walking the path. She was going about her daily life, doing the best she could with it. And this is what happened. These towns were towns that he was speaking of. They were really well known as very prosperous towns. They were towns that Jesus spent a lot of time revealing the power of God. So let's go to the next era. The, ne- the, the power of God came down. And they had this opportunity. But when the power of God came down, they got almost too familiar with the miracles. They got too familiar with John the Baptist. And they assumed familiarity with Jesus. And they let their feelings and their thoughts and their reasoning Say, oh, that was cool. What are you going to do next? And so they kept on walking. Let's see that next picture. They kept on walking. Now, do I have any first through third graders in the room? If you're in first through third grade, will you stand up? Even stand on your chair if, you're, if your parents will let me. Okay. Can I see you? Raise your hands in the air so I can see you. Oh, hello, my people. Hello. I'm so glad you're in here today. Okay, I want to ask you all some questions. Can you... Can you respond back? Can you say yes if you're ready? Yeah, you ready? Are y'all ready? I need to ask y'all some questions. Raise your hand. Do y'all go to school? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. So now if it's, if your teacher says to you, hey guys, it's lunchtime, get in line. What do you do? But what if you were like, I think she's talking to everybody else. What would happen? You would miss lunch. You would miss lunch. Thank you. You can have a seat. (laughs) Jesus is speaking. Jesus is moving. You're about to miss lunch. Because you're just going to keep on walking. See, it's kind of like this. I'm hoping y'all can see this. The power of God is hitting your life, but you're not actually going anywhere. You're just ping pong pacing. You think you're just carrying on, but you're really not. You're really just pacing. You're not actually ever getting anywhere because you're going, give me another hit. Say another word. Lord, can you confirm it one more time? What if I'm not ready? What if I'm not healed? What if I'm not free? And you just keep having this ping pong faith. And you're not actually ever getting to walk out anything that you've received from him. I know this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at right now. I've received freedom. And the Lord's asking me to lead. And he's asking me to have a voice again. And I spent about a week in my living room 
where I had cried and received so much of my freedom, I went back to that place. And I said, but Lord, what if I mess it up? What if I go back to the old way? What if I can't do it? What if I get up there to teach and I don't see the people this time? And he said, baby girl, get up. I have already, you've already received it, but you got to walk it out if you want to enter into it. So it's hard because it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of surrender. But if you actually want to climb the mountain of God, if you want to walk in friendship with God, then you got to go somewhere because Jesus is going somewhere. And if you're going to walk with him, you got to move with him. Process is not actually process unless there's progress. Which takes us to our Hebrews passage that I want to share with y'all today. And this is a lot of where I was. You know, this is where I've been the last couple months, but where I've thankfully I'm walking out of right now today in front of you. Very eyes. This is, I'm the illustration. But there's something that the Lord did free me from before that, and that was a very deceptive, fake version of process. And that's what I want to talk to you about. In Hebrews, this is brought up as the author of Hebrews is talking about the Israelites, and this is what he says. In Hebrews 3. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, not tomorrow, today, because as Mary Poppins would say, let the past take a bow because forever is now. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Where is Graham McBride when I need him? Next verse. I'm sorry. That was just, I just had to get that in there. Do not harden your hearts. As you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did. For 40 years the Israelites saw what the Lord did. Now here's the thing about the Israelites. Before I like bash them a little bit. I want to state the obvious. They left Egypt. They, they left Egypt. They followed Moses. They had that moment where they received their opportunity for freedom. But the second that they stepped in to the process of walking out their freedom, they immediately started grumbling and complaining and questioning and testing and saying, Father, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing it this way? And they got stuck in this spin cycle. Let's see this this other option of what we can do. The um, arrow with the circle. They got stuck in this spin cycle. It says in Hebrews, here we go. This like this. They just went round and round. They never actually went anywhere. They just kept going round and round. This is what I did for a long time. Because you know what? Hebrews says they did this because they didn't receive the message in faith. Faith in God. Faith in God. See, they got out of Egypt and they walked into the desert and they immediately started putting their faith in their own ability to walk across the desert. They stopped putting their faith in God the second they received it. And so they never actually entered it because they didn't try to be in process in their own, in his strength. They tried to be in process in their own strength and it got them stuck in a spin cycle, which was really impressive. And they were really, had a lot of good things to say. And we know why Moses shouldn't be our leader. And we know this, 
Look how smart we are. We left everything we had for you. Why aren't you doing it this way? But what happened was, is that as they started testing and as they started doubting, they started being deceived and they started sinning. And they started spiraling downwards. Because once again, if you want to go up the mountain, you can't go off the cliff like the first example. But you also can't just start spinning because when you do that spin cycle, it's going to normally suck you in. Eventually, that spin cycle of your awesomeness is going to get a hold of you. And that momentum is going to pull you in the very wrong direction. And so that's, that's what happened. They got stuck in that spin cycle. And they never entered in. And you know what's so beautiful is that it says they received the good news but never enter into the Sabbath rest. We're so busy searching on how to figure it out so that we can finally rest. And God's saying if you'll stop figuring it out and walk it out, you'll find the rest that I have to give you. Because the only way we can walk it out is when we walk it out with Jesus. And when we let Jesus be the leader in our process, when we let Holy Spirit come and guide our every step, then it changes the trajectory of our track. Let's look at that last graph. Then, when we don't, when we don't put our faith in our own ability to stay in our spin cycle of what we call process, but we actually let Jesus take us through the process of walking it out, then, uh-oh, this got messed up. I'm sorry. But what it, the line that's kind of going off the screen, that's what it's supposed to be doing. And what happens is that then we go through the process, but we actually see progress up the mountain of God. Because we've allowed Holy Spirit to help us walk it out. So what does that look like? How do we walk it out? Well, the very first thing we have to do is we have to look and see where Jesus is moving in our life. I have a almost five-year-old. His name is Mills. Hello, Mills. (laughs) Mills got a marble set for Christmas, a marble run is what he likes to call it. And you build this huge contraption and then you send the marbles through it. His dad's having so much fun playing with him with that. I love, my husband went to school, his undergrad is in engineering. So anytime we get like building things, I'm like, oh, well, your dad's the engineer. Just come see me when you want to bake cookies. (laughs) And um, he loves playing with this. But sometimes I'll say to him, hey, Mills, lunch is ready. And he's not trying to be disobedient, but he's so consumed in what he's doing that he literally doesn't hear me. You're about to miss lunch. We got to, the first thing you got to do is not be so consumed in your ability to get it done that you're missing what God is doing. That you're missing where God is moving. Whether it's in your external circumstances or your internal circumstances, God is always doing something. Are you aware enough? Are you keeping your senses open to the living God in your life? Because that's the first thing you got to do. That's what this woman did. She didn't say, well, I've tried everything. And if Jesus wanted to heal me, he'll just come to my house and heal me. She said, oh, no. I see where Jesus is moving. And I'm going to get there. Because I got a healing to receive. 
So you got to get there. So maybe 2019 for you needs to be about waking up. Let's wake up and see where the power of God is moving in our lives so that we can receive what he has for us. And then when we get to him and we receive it and he looks at us and says, there, here is your freedom. Your faith got you here. Your faith to open up your senses and see where I'm at got you here. Here is your freedom. Now it's time to enter in. Go be freed. We don't need to say, well, Jesus, I just don't think I can. I've had this disease for 12 years. What if, I, I mean, a habit is a habit. It takes, they say it takes at least 21 days to break a habit. And he's going, baby, you do realize you're talking to Jesus. And you know how to get to 21 days from now? Walk it out. 21 days starts with one day. You can't get to 21 without going through one. So you got to start walking it out. Jesus in Matthew, in that same passage, he would say to them at the very end, talking about all these cities that didn't come to him. He said, so that's the, we love this passage. So come to me, all who are weary and find your rest. See, we love that when we're busy in kingdom. Look at all this awesome, impressive things that I'm doing. But he's, he's saying, no, no, no. Come to me. Stop what you're doing and come to me. Observe what I'm doing. Stop long enough. Come to me. If you want to know what God's doing, you can say to him, God, shine your light. Expose the truth. He's going to show you. Because remember, walking it out, it doesn't mean walking it out in your strength. It means relying on him, walking with him as you walk it out. So you've got to take time to see where he's at. You've got to stop long enough to actually look at all the things in front of you and observe them. Well, what's going on with me? Or what's going on with these, where I see him moving right now? What, is it the church? In 2019, we're going to two services. I see him moving. I'm going to put my faith in that. I'm going to go serve with kids ministry. Kids at bridgewaychurch.org. Okay, so then after you do that, you have to take everything you've observed and you have to put it in front of Jesus. And as you give it to him, he's going to reflect back to you what's actually going on. In that Hebrews passage, it says the word of God is living and active, a two-edged sword that can pierce through the intentions of the heart. That was the Jessica version, kind of squished it all up there. And so take, take Jesus. And if you're like, well, I don't know what he's saying. Do you read? And if you don't read, you got, you got a parent that reads. Or you got a friend who reads. You need to open up the word. You need to get in the word. And you need to let the living word the, and the Holy Spirit reflect back to you what's actually truth. And then when you receive the truth, you need to walk it out. What does it look like to walk it out? Jesus, what do you want me to do about this? See, I could have moaned and groaned and cried my way all the way to this stage today. But when I was on my floor and I was saying, but Lord, what if I mess it up? 
He said, get up and walk it out. So you know what I did? I got up and I started preparing a message. Because it would have done none of us any good if I would have just wallowed in the what ifs. I had to get in the word. And you know what else I had to do? I had to get in community. And Matthew, when Jesus is talking to them, he says, that's why you need to get together and encourage one another daily. Because we need community to walk it out. We need community. We need to discuss and say, this is what I'm thinking. But you know what? I'm imperfect. So I might have it a little bit wrong. And that's okay because I'm not trying to arrive. I just simply want to progress. And so I'm going to walk it out with Jesus and with people. And then the next thing I know, it's 1113 on a Sunday. And guess what, guys? In four hours, I'm leaving for Mexico. And I have survived this moment of walking it out. It's beautiful. And you got to just keep walking it out. And you got to get up every day. It's an every day. The good news is an every day, always living, constantly active opportunity in your life. And every day you have to choose it. Every day you have to walk it out. Even when it's hard, you got to just keep going. We don't love the word strive, but you know what's ironic is that in Hebrews it says, may you strive to enter this rest. Striving actually means may you overcome the things that are trying to pull you aside. May you overcome the temptations that are trying to keep you from going anywhere. Push them aside. Strive forward so that you may enter in to what God has given you in 2018 and 2019. We got to walk it out. And you got to ask, what does this look like for me personally? What's the next thing I need to do? And it needs to be measurable. And you need community so that it can be accountable. And then you just got to keep doing it. And what you're going to notice is you keep getting, as you keep doing it, as you keep walking it out, as you keep walking with Jesus in friendship, all of a sudden you're a little higher up on the mountain. And you're like, man, I finally got progress in my life. It's because you finally started walking out the process. I want to invite Chad back up. He's going to close out this service and speak into what he's hearing from the Lord and what he wants to um, wrap up the year with. I'm actually going to close out by interviewing you. Oh, goodness. That's what I want to do. Well, then. Yes. I'm just going to start You're a little too excited to get to Mexico. We're going to do this right Um, that, that's sincerely one of the best sermons I've heard this entire year. I'm not kidding. You did really good. I want to give people some practical handles without getting too much into your life this past year, but I want to, okay, practically, how do I do that? Yeah. And I want to go back into your story. You didn't know we were going to do this right now. Okay. Um, you said three times over the last 30 minutes, the role of community. Mm-hmm. When I met Jack Deere, uh, Wendy and I met him, gosh, seven years ago. He said, whatever you do, always stay in community because in community you'll always have conflict. And without conflict, you will never be transformed into the image of Jesus. So what I noticed as a pastor, we self-sabotage to get away from conflict. I've never met anyone who really likes conflict except for really weird people who need a lot of counseling, you know. 
but God ordained conflict in your life, yeah. I don't know, what, a year ago-ish? Yeah. And as a leader in your life, I said, hey, can we talk? It's actually a little bit longer than that. It was... Um, a year and a half, really. Yeah. I said, hey, can we talk? And me, um, your husband, and some others around you that are leading you, because you don't want to let just anyone speak into your life, That's right? That's correct. That's right? correct. Yeah. I said, hey, can we talk? And that talk session turned into about a year and a half journey with you and Jesus. Mm-hmm. But... There was a moment where the heat got so hot in what the Lord was shining his light on mm-hmm. that you didn't want community at that moment. No, you I were like, this is too much. Yeah. Why did you stay connected to community? Mm-hmm. Why? And why did you choose? Because we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. People that say, hey, it's just me and God. That's typically people who are walking in rebellion who say that. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you say... When you, why did you choose in, not just to him, to but to a community that was shining a light on some things? So there was enough fruit in this house and in my past that when the group of people, leaders and my husband that gathered around me, very close friends, it wasn't like a room of 20, it was a room of seven. It was some really close friends, mentors, my husband, my leaders. And when they called me out on some things, when you called me out on some things that were really hard and I did not see them. I literally was like, that's not who I am. But in that moment, the grace of the Lord came upon me to, uh, to, to help me say, but what if they're right? What if what they say is true because there's seven of them and one of me? So right now, seven people have the same view of me, and I'm the only one that doesn't see it. What if they're right? Now, let me be clear. Not a single feeling or thought at all agreed with them. They would tell me things I would say and do, and I'd be like, no, you misunderstand me. But they all said it. And so the number one thing is, is that I, I, I chose humility enough to say, what if they're right? And then from that moment, what saved me was my husband. So whoever you're covering is, get under him. Because my husband saved me this past year. One of the things that I want to practically break down humility. Okay. One of the things that I said to you a while back, I said, yes, we've all been there, me included. But there's a haughtiness that the Father wants to deliver you of that's actually going to bless you and not hurt you. Mm-hmm. I would say out of 10 people that I would say that to, nine would say, no, there's not. Right? I mean, that's just yeah. through my history of 22 years in leadership. But you, how did you practically choose humility? So it's one thing to say, hey, just get humble. Mm-hmm. How did you practically choose humility when someone called out something in you that you didn't agree with? What did it look like for you? It looked like, well, one of the things I kept saying to Jesus was, what else do you want from me? Like, I have loved you for seven years. How can this be true? Like, how can I be this blind? I've loved you for seven years. So I guess the first thing I did was go to the feet of Jesus and say, if they're right, then prove it to me. And I made God prove it to me. And he did very quickly. Last thing I think is very important of how you got your breakthrough, because we declared at Stafford Tree, you're at the top of the food chain in terms of transformation. I mean, objectively, I've never seen, and the community here has never seen, you've shared your story from stage before and other places, your 
hit the narrative of your life. Mm-hmm. We don't have t- time to go into it now. But, I mean, God's done a great work in you. But you've also played a role in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So God knows the plans he has for you. They're great. But you have played your role. Yeah. All right. I want you to just give one or two practical things, encouragement, prophetic words of how people can choose into community where blind mm-hmm. spots will always be revealed. Mm-hmm. And if they're not being revealed, it's because it's actually a group of disunity of like-mindedness that's typically not abiding in the vine. Right. So choose into a community that will call out your blind spots. Uh-huh. What would you say, what encouragement would you give one or two practical steps to not just be in a spin cycle, but to move forward through it? Tell your feelings and your thoughts to shut their face. (laughs) Uh, The number, the first thing you can do is say, my feelings actually don't get a place in this conversation. I love, I love feelings. Part of my healing has been the discovering of my feelings. But the problem was is that your feelings are messengers. And a lot of times, um, if they have too much free reign, they're messengers of the enemy. And so you got you to gotta tell them to stop. And you got to take them out and let, and let truth be truth. And you got to take your thoughts that you think are so genius and you got to tell them to shut their face. And you got to say like, okay, if I'm going to put on the table that my feelings are lying to me and that my thoughts could be wrong, then, I, then you, you got to hold on to that. And it's hard. And that would be the other piece of advice is that um, you got to have a strong will. Like you got to grab a hold of it and say like, I'm actually not leaving this place until I get this breakthrough. I'm not leaving here. This isn't abundant life. And I'm not leaving here without abundant life. So you got to have a grit and a stubbornness in you. How old were you when you were, when you got born again? 26? Mm, 24. 24 in Wilmington. Yes. Can Jesus deliver someone of a meth addiction? Yeah. Can Jesus deliver someone of alcoholism? Yes. Can Jesus deliver someone of of cocaine? Yes. Is there any addiction that Jesus cannot deliver you from? There's nothing Jesus. Why don't we stand together and Jess is going to speak a blessing over us. Can we give her a hand this morning? Why don't you come stand with Jess, John? And um, Jess, I'd just love for you to pray and bless us as we leave today. Yeah, that's right. This guy right here. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you that there's not one second of 2018 in this room that you haven't been in. I thank you that there's not one person that you haven't had your eye on. I bless us as we wrap up 2018 and step into 2019. May we have eyes to see. May we have courage to say to you, shine your light, expose the truth, open our eyes, and Holy Spirit, help us. Let 2019 be the year that we walk it out. Amen.